Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to Maybe Next Year Buffalo Bills Podcast. Frank here. Quick intro. Okay. The new software we use to record is funky, and it's it does a lot of good things, and it does some things that I don't like, including not necessarily recording everyone. So for the first half of this podcast, Scott is not recorded. Uh, I am recording this to let you know that what I have done is... I have compiled what I can salvage from the first half of the podcast, and then that's about it. So it's going to be an extra short episode. It's awful because it was a great conversation. Uh, We had a great fight. It was awesome. Uh, But uh, I can't do anything. We have no more time this week to go back and record, and I feel awful. So this is what you're going to get. This is is, uh, what you get when your host uh, records like shit. All right, well, in any event, have a good week and enjoy what you can out of this episode. Thank you. Welcome, everyone, to another podcast of Maybe Next Year, a podcast that struggles to be entertaining when the host uh, hosts like shit. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. And uh, you are now here uh, to listen to us lament how the buffalo bills managed to lose a game to the new york jets we will go through that despite all of us although scott scott had the the classic hedge the i i i had penciled this as a as a fall apart game and he kind of said no nah, it can't be it can't be and they and, and in fact um they did in fact rochambeau him right in the nuts with that um but we'll get to that we'll talk about obviously some of the injury uh, concerns, many of which I am sure you already know. Um, and of course we have all the actual answers. So make sure to keep listening for that reason. Um, and then uh, we'll get around to some fun stuff before we talk about the Minnesota Vikings, but let us, we, we do not get our, our dessert until we've eaten our vegetables, gentlemen. Um, 20 to 17, the Buffalo Bills drop a, I mean, frustrating game to the New York Jets. Uh, a kind of sloppy game to the New York Jets. Um, a lot of ugh kind of feeling to this game. Uh, they give up a field goal uh, late. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bills punt, the ball lands at the four, and the Jets run the ball, literally run the ball 80 yards um, to get a field goal before Buffalo tries to, you know, score with less than two minutes remaining and no timeouts. A remarkable 70-yard throw hits Gabe Davis in the hands, and he doesn't bring it in. Uh, and overall, I, there's a lot of different ways to feel about this game. Uh, wrapped up in the idea also that Josh Allen apparently has sprained his elbow to some extent. Nobody's quite sure how much yet. Um, okay, fine. So- sounds great. So Frank, uh, for all of you, is in. you know that meme. He's that dog. In the in the burning building, just fire all around this is him. Fine, okay. shooting. Um, so yeah, the we'll talk about the game quickly on a on a micro level. Scott had mentioned the depth issues. That is definitely a, a problem. Uh, Bernard Terrell Bernard, someone I want to bring up uh, immediately. Did I get his name right, Terrell Bernard? That's got to be close at least. He uh, he looked lost out. I was yearning for AJ Klein. Uh, much of this game, especially on that last drive when I thought the Bills would simply not be getting run on this much. Well, I fully understand that A.J. Klein was simply a luxury the team could not afford, but it does make you realize what a difference 
Matt Milano makes and what a difference Jordan Poyer makes. You know, Jaquan Johnson didn't get burned on anything particularly deep, which is not necessarily his job. He's a strong safety, but he was not good in run sport, which Scott had pointed out, especially on that last drive, it was noticeable, as well as the fact that Zach Wilson looked at least like Joe Flacco, you know, not spectacular, but able to, I think he had a very high completion percentage. Uh, he did what he had to do to, to move the ball along, and obviously with the running game, you know, this defense uh, was a problem. I'll get to some of the larger issues within a minute. Offensively, it's funny, when I looked up the expected points for this game, I assumed that both the Bills' offense and the defense uh, would take a complete bath on this. The Bills' offense was actually positive 0.53 points, which means, dear Christ, the offense in this league is offensive. Like, that was technically an above-average offensive performance, above-average league offensive performance that we saw from the Bills on Sunday. So I, I think, you know... What I think it's not helpful if I go in and say, you know, it's it's a bad game, everything went wrong, I'm going to make broad conclusions based on the game. I don't think that does much good. But I think what is helpful after a bad game like this is look at some of the trends that may have been simmering under that surface while the team was winning and, you know, try to assess whether these could be long-term ongoing concerns or how the team might look to rectify them. And I quickly came up with, with three of these. One, we have not seen many contributions this year from the secondary and tertiary offensive players behind Josh and Diggs. You know, Knox, way behind last year's pace, right after they give him a new contract. Devin Singletary, still just Devin Singletary. He has not evolved into anything uh, more than that. As, as Scott often likes to say, there is no good seven Devin Singletary, only decent Devin Singletary. Uh, Gabe Davis, uh, real talk, below average number two wide receiver so far this year. Catch percentage, scarily 47.4%, which is well below league average. He's only played one game where he caught more than half of his targets, which was against the Rams. Uh, and he's only had two games out of seven where I'd say he's been above average. That Rams game where he had 88 yards, and then the Pittsburgh game where he only had three catches, but they were they were huge. Um, that's one thing. The defense has been in a downward trend uh, is the second thing. They put up a season-worst 7.64 points. The Bills were undefeated this year based on expected points because they were a game against the Dolphins. The Bills were expected to win by three if you go by expected points. They were actually expected to lose to the Jets by five points. That was mainly because the defense put up a negative 7.64. In fact, it's only because of that. The offense, as mentioned, was slightly above average, and the, def and the special teams was good, um, save the missed field goal, which was already under 40% odds. But this follows games with expected points of negative 5.55 and negative 6.45. Now, the Chiefs we can gloss over because they're the Chiefs. But Green Bay and the Jets are not high-powered offenses, and they were able to run against the Bills at will. And again, as Scott noted, the Jets do not have Brees Hall. They're short some linemen, and yet uh, against a good offense, they couldn't perform well. How they can perform again against a good offense. Then my third and final point before I'll uh, shut up uh, I'd made a post about the Bills' division. The Bills aren't going to win a divisional game until at least December, uh, which Frank thought I was being a little too negative about, but I mean it simply in a, a factual way. Like, divisional record is now a problem, so you have no room for a letdown at this point. If they lose on a Thursday night, December 1st, in New England, which is their next game, which is certainly a possibility, uh, if not um, a likelihood, it could certainly happen, you're looking to be no better than 3-3 three and three in your division. And forget looking at conference tiebreakers then. If you end up in a tie for the division, it's almost certain that they, the Bills would lose the divisional tiebreaker because they would have no head-to-head -head wins. Uh, they'd have no uh, sweeps over anyone, so they wouldn't win any head-to-heads, and they'd probably be up against a team with a 4-2 and two record. So 
Now you're looking at how do we rectify these problems on offense when Diggs gets contained, like the Jets did a great job of in the second half. Uh, they, they put some stuff on there that Stefan said they hadn't seen on tape. When Josh has a shit game, uh, is in his own words, uh, which he, he did uh, really the entire second half for the second straight week. And, you know, what do you do when your defense uh, is missing a couple key players, but you still have Von Miller out there and Ed Oliver out there and Tremaine Edmonds out there, and yet these struggles still endure. So I think I'm not worried. The season is is not over. I still think this is the best team in the FC East. I still think they win the FC East. Now I have concerns, though, because our odds are our expectation is now winning a Super Bowl. And that, that brings with it a high bar. If I was concerned about this team making the playoffs – or if I were, if my goal was team to make the playoffs, I'd be like, I, this is fine, but it's not. And these are issues that need to be resolved, or else they're going to go to Kansas City again because they're not going to get the home field. And then, as we know, Kansas City games are just a coin flip. So, thank you for the time, gentlemen. Um, I appreciate this opportunity to state my case, and I will cede the floor. <laughs> you are all fucktards. No. Um. Okay, first of all, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna work our way backwards to forwards. Okay, I don't know where where counselor gets the opportunity to say uh, it's a possibility, if not a likelihood, that the Patriots would beat the Bills. I feel like that was a little bit extra and uncalled for. I, uh, no reason... I apologize. Let me clarify that. My no, 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 not no, no. I mean, it's not a no, no, likely. No, 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 no. You had your chance. I get to bury you now. Okay. But I, but you, you reversed exactly what I meant. Like it's not a likelihood that the Pats win, but it is a plausibility. Clarification yeah, well, done. I am muting my mic and I'll be gone right, for fine. two minutes. Just to just to point out, the division records for the other two teams are two and one, two and one, and one and one. So nobody, so far, nobody's gonna in a position to sweep. So you know, even if they were to finish three and three, which is not a certainty by any stretch, although I will concede it's more likely than anybody thought it was gonna be. Uh, there's no sense that anybody's going to have a better divisional record necessarily at the end of end of it. So we can still think about conference and all those other important wins that happened, that actually happened. One of the things that I said that I think Scott took exception to in, in the private chat was I had pointed out that Josh Allen's uh, Jets line, first of all, Zach Wilson, 18 of 25, 154 yards and one touchdown. I think what I want to think about with regards to the Miami game and and the Green Green Bay game and to this game in an extent is those are three C plus games from the offense. Now maybe it's it's likely that there is look there's some stuff happening that needs to get fixed. Okay, I'm not saying that there's not stuff that happening that doesn't need to get fixed. I think they added a safety and an offensive weapon about as fast as they could do it, and I'm guessing they're still looking at a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. because there are issues especially from the secondary and tertiary scoring parts but what i would had said was if you compare allen's 18 of 34 and two interceptions and two touchdowns from this week it's nearly identical to last week when he played green bay now the two touchdowns came rushing instead of throwing but i only had noted that he had made first star last year and so i'm wondering if the Bills had put together a run defense on the last drive. If we were, if he was going to be in line for another, hey, he's the engine that makes the team go, blah blah blah, sort of, you know, shine up the old shitola play that he had, and and it's it's a little rosier based on a three point victory, which fell falls well within the in in the luck matrix of a close game, which is 
you know, not to defend the Bills, you're not supposed to be playing the Jets in in a in a luck game. You're supposed to beat them beyond luck so that there's room to win. I think that what happened, some of what happens though, is we underestimated the Jets and we kind of underestimated this division. And I think that's clear across the board because I think nobody other than the Dolphins was getting any sort of credit for possibly improving. And I think if you didn't live in Miami, you thought, you know, Miami probably wasn't going to improve. But all three of these teams are really good. The the Not really good. They're good. They're in the regular average to above average of the league at this moment. You know, they all have winning records. The Patriots are a game out of the wild card from all four AFC East teams being in there. So yeah, the Bills are going to have to step it up. But what I wanted to say was Josh Allen's 31 of 47 for 264 yards and two interceptions. Wait, sorry. That was last year's Jacksonville game. What I meant to say was Josh Allen's 21 of 35 for 209 yards, two touchdowns. No, I'm sorry. That was when they got blown out by the Colts, 41 to 15 last year. Um, I don't know why all these old games that the Bills lost in the middle of the year are coming up on my screen. Oh, I know why. Because they still fucking ran the East last year after they botched the middle of it. So I would like to say, I would like to point out to the people, including Joe, there's no reason to think that they can't fix it again this year because they looked awful last year in November. I'm not saying they should look awful in November. I'm not saying that the only thing that happened was they had some bad luck and they lost to the Jets. They got beat by the Jets. The Jets are a good team. I think the Jets played the A-plus version of the Jets. There's nobody on this podcast who can tell me the Jets had a bad game. That The Jets maximized their value. Okay, they maximized their value, and they won by three points. So, great. Let's see you do it again. I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say they probably aren't going to do it again to Buffalo. I don't, th- you know, I think absolutely Jaquan Johnson is is done. It's going to be Dean Marlowe this week for sure. There's no way that Dean Marlowe isn't playing. He's going to have his week and a half in. He's going to be ready. They don't like him. Jaqu- Johnson's like, I mean, I've never seen a guy like telegraph the blitz as bad as him. The safety blitz is supposed to be a surprise, and he's literally writing a letter to Zach Wilson, um, who did a great job. He played the the A plus Zach Wilson game. Quick passes, out routes, keep getting it to the one guy. They couldn't figure it out. He only threw it for 196 yards and a touchdown. Sorry, that was Josh Allen in a different game. That wasn't so great. Uh, it's great how all these like weirdly crapola games keep coming up and we forget about them you know but like this is just it you're in the part of the season it's a 17 game season the phrase the other guys get paid too comes to mind and the bills have lost two games so you know okay should they have lost this game to the jets is it a little worrisome that they got run on yeah but provided josh allen's elbow is okay i'm still going to bet long term on the jets I'm going to bet on Gabe Davis figuring stuff out more so more than I am going to worry that this is some sort of awful trend. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But there's three years of data now. We have lots of data on this. We have lots and lots of data about what this offense is and how it turns out. And I think this these are the the blippy blurpy games. And I you know spoiler alert. I think another one's coming this week against the Vikings. And then from there, I don't know. I think there's a lot of bad teams they can beat up on. And we'll see where they end up in the seating again. But, you know, is everything okay? There's no reason to think it shouldn't be. It, it, it's, th- these games are not out of 
a bigger context of what we have seen the Bills do and still put together an AFC East winning team that, you know, in the last two years have had, has had the second seed. And they are already in the driver's seat with regards to the conference and having the first seed. So, you know, it was a shitty game, and the Jets won it. And they, they deserve the win, you know? It wasn't just the Bills were, were, were crapola. The, the Jets put it all together for them. And God bless them, and let's see them do it again. Because I don't think they can. So there you go. Shall we headline? Yeah, let's uh, let's do some uh, let's do some headlines. All right. So what day is today, guys? Is it November eighth? Uh, Does that sound right to you? November eighth. Mm-hmm. All right, go good. Because that that's when we're doing some headlines for. So start off uh, start off with a fairly easy one. Then the second one's going to be a challenge because we're going to talk about a one year bill. But here we'll roll. So November eighth, twenty twenty one. Bills should bench blank again after ugly loss to Jaguars. Blank was beaten regularly in pass protection. The Bills offense turned in one of its worst performances of the season as Josh Allen was under pressure throughout the game. He was hit eight times and sacked four times total. The Jaguars defensive line entered the game generating the fourth lowest total pressures on opposing QBs this season, but that didn't matter on the day. The Bills offensive line was totally overpowered and blank was arguably the biggest problem. Was this Isaiah? Um, this pass Darryl protection, Williams? right? Nope, nope. Daryl Williams is a good guess. Cody Ford. Cody Ford. There you go. Daryl Williams is who I was thinking of uh, on this headline, but it is in fact Cody. All right, this one I think will be a little tougher, even though it was just two years ago, 2020, uh, and this guy was a, a starter with the Bills periodically. From Seahawks to Bills, blank and family reunite as party of six. Blank hurried home from practice one night in September to build a bed and ready a hot meal for his travel-weary wife and kids before their arrival at his apartment in downtown Buffalo. The Bills' new defensive tackle last hugged his family in July when he left his house in the Pacific Northwest for training camp in Orchard Park. He planned that they'd spend football season in Seattle, where in his four years with the Seahawks, they'd been embraced by the community, but the time apart has been a challenge. Hmm. Um, so can you think of this defensive tackle from Seattle? Star? Nope, nope, he was Carolina. I think he came from Carolina. I think he was part of that pipeline. Right, from right. Seattle, so it's probably Kurt Cobain. <laughs> yes. I think. Seahawks, um, uh, fifth-round pick in 2016 out of Maryland, not far from here. And uh, one season with the Bills, played <coughs> in all 19 games that year, the 16 regular season, three playoff games. Started four, three sacks. Last year, he started all 17 games with the Raiders and their playoff game. He had five and a half sacks. And so Quentin far this Jefferson? year, Quinn Jefferson, there we go. Hey, there you go. All right. Now we keep rolling forward. 2019, Bills' Tredavious White will be ready for all-world Browns wide receiver blank on Sunday. I could give more hints, but Odell, what what was that? You said Odell? Yes, shoot, did I give away the answer? (laughs) It is Odell. I was was saying saying all-world, and then you said Odell, and I'm like, oh. Yep, that was my bad. I gave away the answer there. Uh, not a bill, never been a bill, but we've talked about him. He's come up nearly every week on this pod this year. So I thought it was, you know, let's sneak him in there. All right. Very ones good. I will try not to give away the answer on 2016 blank, not worried after suffering two concussions in three months. I'm not concerned at all. The Buffalo bills receiver said, I played this game more than half my life. I understand there's a 100% injury rate. A lot of people who played are going to suffer head trauma or head injury at some point. 
I just don't really worry about it. I pray about the things that I have in life. Wake up and thankful that I'm able-bodied and leave the rest up to God. I don't really focus on that aspect of the game. Could I get the year again, please? 2016. 2016, two concussions. Roscoe Parrish? No, that's too late. He's too yep. early. Yep. Um, I was thinking he was tiny, and I feel like I remember him getting Yeah, concussions. it is a smaller receiver, so you're right yeah. there. I, I will say, thankfully, this is not a dark headline. Like, this player is not actively concussed. He's still playing in the NFL gotcha. late last week. Hmm. Didn't play for the Bills. Um, not playing for the Bills, of course, because uh, the Bills have no... No wide receivers from 2016 anywhere near this roster. Jordan Matthews? Nope, good guess. He was 2017, so off a year. So it's a Bills 2013 third-round pick out of Texas. Spent uh, four seasons with the team, so he played out his contract. Okay. And three, three with SF, one with Chicago, and he's a starter this season for Seattle. <coughs> I don't know. When we saw the... Uh, the Bills Chiefs game in person in 2013. This guy caught a huge bomb for a touchdown from Jeff Tool. The highlight, the lone highlight of Jeff Tool's career. Oh man, this guy's oh. an Olympic. Oh 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 oh, Marquis Goodwin. Marquis Goodwin. Yeah. I was about to oh. drop the Olympic uh, long jumper hint. All right, 2014. Blank awaits chance to prove himself. Ricky Blank, who has yet to play a game for the Buffalo Bills this season, said Friday that he had a lot of reps in practice as he's starting right guard, although it is unknown whether he will take the job from veteran Eric Pierce for Sunday's game against Kansas City. Mm. Coach Doug Marone said Blank absolutely might be active for the Chief game. Uh, this will help you because I'm going to ma mention a bunch of other offensive linemen names you can rule out. Uh, it stands to reason that the Bills would want to enhance their OL depth on their game day roster. For one thing, Pierce has been struggling to start at right guard for another rookie, Cyril Richardson, whom veteran Craig Urbick replaced at left guard for the Bills' October 26th game against the Jets. Uh, missed most of last, this week's practices because of a death in his family. Hello, Badger Ryan Groy? Nope, nope, not Ryan Groy. This was very slightly pre-Groy. Pre-Groy by about a season and a half. Uh, so what's funny is this guy, he did play the next day, though it didn't start, and then he was a healthy and active for the rest of the season. So he literally played that one game. Uh, then he did get a handful of starts for the Bills over the next two years and played five games with Denver over two seasons before his career ended. Uh, second round pick by the Bills in 2014 out of Bama, which might help Scott. Little Cyrus Quanjo. Cyrus Quanjo. Cyrus Very good. Quanjo. Went to uh, DeMathic Catholic High School here in the D.C. metro area. I went to the DeMathic Gonzaga mm -hmm. High School game a, a few weeks back, actually, uh, since I live next to Gonzaga College High School uh, in D.C., for those of you who'd like to stalk me. Doing, All right. Doing some scouting? Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, and DeMatha is a damn good team. They had allowed one touchdown all season going into that game, uh, and they allowed one more to Gonzaga in one, I think it was like 34 to 10. It was, DeMatha was something. Um, and by, I think Stefan, no, he didn't go to DeMatha. He went to another school out in Hyattsville, though. So Diggs, a lot of good, good Catholic uh, high school football in D.C. for those of you who want to mm -hmm. stop by. All right. <laughs> Enough of that, uh, that, uh, Nonsense. I, yeah, nonsense. Good it's work. It's all 20, good nonsense. We love it. Yes. On we go to more nonsense. Uh, 2012, Blank gets another chance at cornerback with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, there's been some bad breaks and expectations that the coaches had. It's not where it's supposed to be, Blank said, of his level of performance. I've been up and down, up and down, and not very consistent. It's not how you start. It's how you finish, and that's my goal. It's not about what you did. It's about what you have done lately. 
if I give the draft in college, it's going to give it away. So I'm going to let you guys simmer on this for a minute here. 2012, 2012 cornerback. Yep. Guy who's had his struggles, but he's getting more chances to start. Draft, I'll give you the draft year, which was 2008. So this would have been 8, 9, 10. It's been a fifth year with the Bills. Jabodi? Jabodi? Jabodi, no, not Ashton. Jabodi. McGee? Not McGee, although he was on the roster at the time. Pick was out of, uh, player was out of Troy. Oh, Leotis McKelvin. Leotis McKelvin. McKelvin, there we go. All right. This one you probably won't get until the hints, but maybe you will. Maybe I'm uh, I'm I'm underestimating you. 2007, okay. Bills tight end blank placed on injured reserve list. Bills rookie tight end blank season ended Thursday when he became the tenth player placed on Buffalo's injured reserve list. And by the way, that was back when injured reserve was the whole year for everyone. What a crap year that was. Um, Coach Dick Durant said test real blank is expected to miss up to seven weeks after a serious high right ankle sprain, a 33-21 win over Cincinnati last weekend. The first of Buffalo's two seventh-round draft picks out of Boise State. Blank had been a solid blocker in three games since being promoted from the practice squad. He also had three catches for 10 yards. He ended up playing three seasons with the Bills and had 27 catches and a touchdown. Derek Fine. Derek Fine is a very good guess because he was the he was a teammate of this player, the same era. Greg, Gregerson, what's that guy's name? I think you're thinking of Chris Gregg, which is not correct, but also a bill of this era. Uh, I mean, 27 uh, not, catches in a T day. What's that, Scott? It's it's Derek Schumann was Oregon State. Oh, you got Derek Schumann. It is Derek Schumann. He was go. it Derek says Schumann. Boise State here. Thought it. Was. All right. Well, anyway, I. I could have missed that up. I could have messed that up, but I thought it was Boise State. I wrote. Oh well. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's probably. Just, yeah. <laughs> All right. My my hint was going to be that he cobbled together a decent career. Um, and Frank Shirley in his pun mode would have gotten that. Yes. Um, the shoe man. Yes. All right. Uh, Two thousand. Yeah, Boise State. <laughs> Two thousand and one. Bill signed blank placed driver on injured reserves. This is twenty one years ago. The Bills announced today that the team had signed safety blank to the 53-man roster and placed Tony Driver on the injured reserve list with a knee injury. The 23-year-old blank will wear jersey number 23 with the Bills. He played in 28 games with 11 starts for the 49ers in 1999 and 2000. So I'll give some interesting facts while you think about this. This is a 1999 round four pick by the Niners out of Virginia Tech. Uh, this was the beginning of this player following Greg Williams around for literally the rest of his career. He stayed with the Bills for three more seasons after a one, oh, played in all 16 games, yeah. started every game at free safety in 2002, then left in 2005 to join Williams in Washington, where Williams was the defensive coordinator, yeah, then left with Greg Williams in 2008 to go to Jacksonville for Williams' one season as defensive coordinator there, then followed Greg Williams to New Orleans, where he spent the rest of his career, and they won a Super Bowl with the, uh, the Saints in 2010. Or 2009, whenever that was. He's got an alliterative name. So, you would have been next to Lawyer Malloy. Yes. Uh, yep, Malloy would have come the next uh, season, actually, and they would have, uh, yeah, they would have lined up next to each other. And then eventually, I think he lost his starting job in 03 when they, they moved Troy Vincent from cornerback to safety, and then this guy slid to the bench. Uh, 
I would try to give you hints with the um, name and anything else, but I can't read it. Lionel Messi. Lionel <laughs> Messi. That's not alliterative. It's Mark Messier. Messi. Mark, Mark Messier. Messier. Uh, let's see if you can get with the the first name. Pearson. No. Oh, no. Prolo. Yep, there we go. Scott got it. Pearson there you Prolo. Go. All right, two to go. Uh, 1999, uh, Buffalo's Flutie picks apart NFL worst defense, 34 to 17. Uh, once again, Doug Washington. Flutie. Doug Flutie is the not the answer, but he is in the headline. Okay. Once again, Washington did not measure up when the team standing across field was uh, their equal. They suffered an across the board meltdown yesterday at uh, name redacted stadium and lost to the Buffalo Bills 34 to 17 before a generally disgruntled crowd of 78,000. It left those in their locker room wondering whether demanding new owner Daniel M. Snyder will make changes now. Uh, anyway, running backs Blank and Antoine Smith. Combined for 164 rushing no. yards and two TDs from those. Start no. the list, guys. <laughs> Start naming those names. Oh, Sammy, Sammy Morris. Morris. Not Sammy. Um, oh. uh, you, Frank, no, you. I say Sammy Morris. You say the other guy. Yeah, it's, it's been a full um. month since this guy was an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Come on. It's, it's because he's Sam the answer. Gash I can't think of Larry Centers, right? Well, not Larry Centers. No, this is one of the more low-key guys. Not, not, we're going to rule out we're going to we're going to rule out Sean Bryson, so get okay. him off the the Sean tip Bryce. of the tongue. Sam Gash? We're, we're going to rule out Sam Gash, not not a This guy this ended up before didn't. Travis Henry. Before Travis Henry, yep. Ahead of uh, Clarence Williams, Clarence Pooh Bear Williams on the chart, not Philip Crosby. Bill's leading rusher in the 1990s. Le- yep. <laughs> well, yet again, this man is disrespected, so I'm going to have to. This is going to be like say his name. Uh, it's Jonathan Linton. We always forget about Bill's leading well, rusher from 1999, Jonathan. Maybe Linton. he should just try a little harder. Maybe he should call <laughs> into the show a couple times. And- yep. Got to start listening. All right, this is the last one. We're going back 35 years to 1987. Uh, again, the answer is not in the headline, so don't say Cornelius Bennett. Uh, okay. Cornelius Bennett leads Bills to 21-14 over the win over the Broncos. Cornelius Bennett. There we go. I knew that was Biscuit. coming. Biscuit. Biscuit. Biscuit Bennett. Uh, Cornelius Bennett recently signed a $4 million contract, began earning his money Sunday by leading the Buffalo Bills to a 21-14 victory of the Denver Broncos. Bennett, the rookie linebacker acquired by the Bills last weekend in a three-way trade among Buffalo, the Colts, and Los Angeles Rams, which we talked about. That was the Dickerson trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, played outside linebacker in obvious passing situations. Um, he sacked Denver quarterback John Elway once. Uh, Buffalo built an 18-0 lead in the second quarter. Kelly flipped a nine-yard scoring pass to Andre Reid of 323. And running back blank blocked a punt by Mike Coran at the Denver 17 at the 8-10 mark. The Bills were awarded a safety as the ball rolled out of the end zone. Blank then scored on a one-yard run with 49 seconds left in the half. And the Bills Kenny received... Kenny Davis. Nope, slightly before... A uh, year before Kenny, year one or two years. Carwell uh, Gardner's a fullback. Would he have counted? Right. He would count, but it's not him. He not came him. around 90. Yeah, he was about... I don't think Thurman Thomas was playing special teams. He was not, and he was not drafted for another six months at this point. Right, um, yeah, he, this is before that. Right. I got Greg Bell last time. So um, the hints I'll give you... This was a round nine pick by, this will not help at all, a round nine pick by the Bills. <laughs> in 1981 out of Millersville. I just wanted to give Millersville a shout out. Okay. He spent all eight seasons of his NFL career with the Bills. In his last season with the Bills, which was 88, he led the team with 12 rushing touchdowns. 
This one should be able to I think this, this could get you over the top. His brother was an NFL safety for eight seasons and is currently the analyst on ESPN Monday Night Football alongside Steve Levy. So if you watch last night's game, you listen to this guy and Steve Levy chatting the whole time. Is well, this guy's brother. Riddick is he the current What's that? one? Riddick is the current one. Yes, yes. Rob Riddick. Rob Riddick. You guys teamed up on that. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Scott got the last name since Allie. this predates Scott's Bills fanhood, fanhood by about three seasons. Frank had to, to finish it. So nice tag team job. The Hollywood Blondes would be proud of that tag team work. And uh, that was this day, speaking of Bills, uh, that was this day in Bills headlines for November 8th. All right. The Bills and Vikings. In Buffalo, let's look at the odds. It's still like a touchdown the last time. Yeah, I it was. Saw. Yeah, it was. It funny. It was nine and a half. Seven before, and a half. Points. Yeah, now it's down to seven and a half. Last I saw. Yeah, so seven and a half point favorites. Um, but before we do that, we have to go through very quickly last time on. Oh um, yeah. Or previously on. Uh, can you uh, name the famous Buffalo Bill who played for the Vikings in this game? Oh, well, it'd be Stephon Diggs, of course. Correct. Do you have within five yards how many yards receiving he had in this game? Oh, let's see. The Bills' corners then. So we're looking at uh, Trey White and maybe Levi Wallace or Kevin Johnson combo. Uh, I tell you. I'm going to guess. 71. I'm going to guess lower. I think they did a great job on D that day, but they gave us some garbage yardage. I'm going to say 50 even. Uh, well, in a weird way, Scott's the closest because it was 17 yards on four catches. They absolutely did a number on him in this 27 to six drubbing of the of the uh, of the Vikings. This is the question. This is the one though. One player led the team in both rushing and receiving. Now, if I had said rushing and passing, you'd oh, be, you'd be I, all set. I think I know this. Okay. Well, do you want to answer first, in, Scott? He led the team in rushing and receiving with 20 carries for 56 yards rushing and three catches for 70 yards. Yeah, I so, definitely know this. Okay. Scott, do you want to take a stab at it before Paul ruins it for everybody? Just kidding. <laughs> Scott's thinking. Or we've lost him. No, he's Famed thinking. Russian, okay. Famed Russian uh, wizard. Rasputin. Rasputin. Okay, yes. he's going to go with Rasputin. Ah, uh, good, good job, Scott. It is indeed Chris Rasputin Ivory, yes, I believe. It is Who Chris Ivory. You know Another... why I remember that is because he caught like a was random like third and five screen, and Tony Romo was the announcer, and he's like, "There's no one on that side of the field," and he ran like 50 <laughs> yards with that screen pass uh, down to like so the Minnesota funny. five or something like that. And I just remember like, "Oh, there's no one there." This would have been the the Anthony Barr hurdle game. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, the beginning of the, the Josh Allen hurdle meme yep. is this is is this game. I was ready but... for that to be the – I was ready for Anthony Barr. I was ready for Jason Kroom is my other memory of that game because they Jason had this great Kroom. play action. He caught a wide-open touchdown. Touchdown, 26-yard touchdown. I watched this game in a hotel room in Chicago because I had an eventer on that night at my old firm. Boy, Josh Allen, 10 of 39 uh, yards for two touchdowns. But we still say Chris Ivory led the team in rushing with 56 yards on 20 carries. Okay, yes. sure. <laughs> Um, because that's how football works. Anyway, that was the last time they played the Vikings in um, in Buffalo. Was that in? No, that, that was in, in Minnesota. Minnesota. That was in Minnesota. Okay, I was gonna say it should have been. Yes, U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, it should have been in Minnesota. Uh, look, the the Vikings are good. Vikings are a good team. 
and uh, they're, the Bills are, are scuffling, uh, and they're a little injured, and it's very unfair because we have no sense of uh, an injury report at all on a Tuesday. Yep. So with all of that in mind, um, why don't you to the season's over, everybody, shame, 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 bell ringers, uh, tell the Bills fans by how much they're going to lose and how <laughs> awful it is to be a Bills fan these days. <laughs> if you could just ring that one more time for everybody so that we, we really get it. Um, I'll I'll say I will pick the Bills to lose. Okay. Um, part of me, part of me. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win. They're at home, they're still a good team. Um, you know, Minnesota's defense isn't isn't quite you know fantastic or anything, but they do have um, Dalvin Cook, who's a good player, and Justin Jefferson, who is you know again like we all love the Stephon Diggs trade, and I think everyone's very pleased with Stephon Diggs. If we had taken Justin Jefferson maybe we would have gotten similar production because he has been basically uh, a top 10 receiver in the league since he's coming to the league in the same yes. year that, that Minnesota used uh, that pick to track. So um, I think I think the, the Vikings can both hold the clock, hold the ball, and score points. Um, I think they played uh, okay defense, and I think that will be enough to get them out of Buffalo with a 31-20. All right, I uh, I am only picking the Bills to win by one, uh, so <laughs> I am actually going to go with Buffalo this week. I have a 24 to 23 final. Uh, yeah, I think Scott identified the major uh, things I would have highlighted. I will note there is one argument. Uh, one of the arguments you can say that the Bills won the trade. Do you guys know this? Here's one last trivia question: Who the Bills drafted with the pick they got from Minnesota in that trade? Hmm. He is a know. starter on this team. No. He's a starter on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so 2018 would have Bono? been. So, so I think it was 2020 we got Diggs, right? So 20, what was that, 20. Scott? Not Matt Milano. Milano. Not Milano. So we're going to 2020. Yep. Newer guy. Uh, Dane Jackson? Dane Jackson is the guy. They drafted hey. Dane Jackson with a pick they got <laughs> from Minnesota in that trade. So not bad. But yeah, I say Buffalo 24 to 23. Uh, but the opposite of what Scott said, I can very easily see Minnesota winning this because uh, this is just a couple good teams that are going to go at it. Yeah, I'm going to pick the the um, the Vikings too, and hope hope against hope that I'm wrong. But I think the Bills have got um, a little more to figure out before they they um, they get this done, and I think that that's kind of what's going to happen right now. And I think that I think it's all coming, but I think that it isn't quite ready yet so i think this might be the time where the bills uh they they drop one and i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say it's gonna be like 30 to 20 i think it'll like not be a fun game at all i hope uh, i'm wrong but it's it's hilarious that we started this pod with a moderated debate between you and i where my side was things are going bad for the bills and your side is everything's going to be fine and then i pick the bills and you pick the vikings exactly well i mean yeah. <laughs> you know, I think ultimately it will be. I just think that right. while a lot of the things you guys point out, I would be surprised if the Bills are ready to have that sorted by next week. But we'll find out. Uh, please listen to us and send us to your friends. Uh, MNY Bills on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, we're, hopefully we get some good health news this week and we're talking about what idiots we were for picking the Vikings and how great Paul was for not picking the Vikings. <laughs> and... We just uh, 
we find out that like uh, they're going to reverse a decision from a previous game and the Bills are going to get an extra win. Maybe all that great stuff will happen. Uh, maybe one of our listeners is the Southern California person who purchased a $2 billion lottery ticket and they'd like to invest in some microphones for us. That would be great too. Uh, if that's you, go ahead and get a hold of us. If not, uh, thanks for listening anyway. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.